Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number 24. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I am here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You will find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. I recall the time a salesperson from the Washington Post called and tried to sell me a subscription to the newspaper, and they tried to convince me that as a business owner, I absolutely had to subscribe in order to keep up with the latest, greatest news and analysis on business. And my reply to the salesperson was, "Um, you realize I live in the other Washington, right? That is Washington State on the West Coast, affectionately referred to as the left coast or by the hashtag upper left USA. Uh, but, 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 but you need to subscribe to this newsletter for the business news. No business person anywhere in the United States can successfully do business without reading this newspaper. And my reply to that salesperson was, well, actually, I've been in business for years. And while I do occasionally read your newspaper, my business is doing fine. Thanks, but no thanks. This was an example of a corporation casting a wide net in order to get new subscribers, mistakenly assuming that their ideal subscriber is any business person anywhere in the United States, even if they live 2,768 miles away from where the newspaper is published. I realize that the Washington Post is a well-respected newspaper, and I have nothing against the newspaper itself. I just feel that they cast their net too wide in assuming that I would love to subscribe simply because I'm a business owner. And not only that, but the tone of their sales pitch was insulting in that they flat out told me that there was no way I could ever hope to succeed in business without reading their publication. And you may be wondering what this example has to do with cleaning your email list. Actually, quite a bit. And many of us are diligent list builders in that we actively seek to grow the number of subscribers who are on our email list. Similar to what the Washington Post did with me, we reach out to people who we think would be interested in what we have to offer and we invite them to subscribe. What we don't want to do is to grow a list of the wrong subscribers. That is, the people who sign up for our list just so they can download some random freebie that we created, but they aren't ultimately interested in our message and they don't care about connecting with us over the long haul. When I advise writers not to grow a large list of random subscribers, many of them bulk because they've been told by industry pros that a large list is essential for getting the attention of traditional publishers who want to see big numbers before offering contracts. Or they've been told by industry pros that they have to have big numbers in order to sell their book, whether it's traditionally or self-published. It can be helpful to have a large email list if that list consists of true fans true readers, clients, people who feel a connection with you and who eagerly anticipate what you have to share with them. Building a large list of people who are not in your ideal target reader demographic is going to be a waste of your time and you'll likely see little or no return on your investment. You might at this point be protesting, but Laura, my writing appeals to everyone, women and men of all ages and from all walks of life. I'm going to flat out tell you, no. It does not. If you attempt to reach everyone in the world with your message, chances are that you will reach no one. In reality, the audience for your books, your blog, your podcast, or your email marketing is a narrow slice of the world. 
If you have fallen into the trap of assuming that your ideal reader is everyone in the world, or you aren't sure who your ideal reader is, I can help. I offer an hour-long audio training that you can do at your own pace that will help you get to know your ideal audience better than you thought possible. And a link to that training will be in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Even though you may have grown a list of 10,000, 100,000, or a million or more subscribers, a large list does not necessarily equal the right list. Now here's something else to consider. Even when you build a list of the right audience for your message, your ideal readers will typically engage with you in one of these three ways. The first way I call the passive action takers or the window shoppers. Imagine that you are going to the mall. You stroll slowly by each store, you gaze at the window displays, you might peer in the door to see what kind of merchandise they sell. And then as you meander through the food court, you might taste test the chicken teriyaki. You're window shopping. And this is the case with a lot of people who sign up for lead magnets or free gifts. They want something that they can use right away and they're mildly interested in what you have to offer, but they're window shopping. They may step inside, but they most likely aren't ready to buy from you. Many window shoppers will hang around on your list for quite some time. They'll open your emails, they'll listen to your podcast, they'll read your blog, they'll like your Facebook page, but you'll rarely hear directly from them. An interesting phenomenon about window shoppers or passive action takers is that these subscribers might follow you for years and then suddenly one day you hear from them and they are ready to buy. The second type of an ideal reader who might be on your list is what I call the intentional engagers. The intentional engagers. These are the people that want to get to know you better. And when they receive a message from you in their inbox, they'll often reply to it. They comment on, they share your social media posts. These subscribers are intentionally choosing to know you, to like you, and to trust you. And they likely haven't purchased anything from you, but they're feeling kind of open to it. And the third type of ideal subscriber are the massive action takers. These are the subscribers who are highly engaged. They've likely met you face-to-face, -face, either at an event or a conference or via a video conference call. They may have taken a workshop from you or attended a webinar that you taught. They have likely posted something original about you on social media. In other words, not just a comment on one of your posts, but an original post that they wrote that references how much they like something that you did for them. Here's something to think about. A lot of entrepreneurs feel obligated to interact with the passive action window shoppers in an attempt to nudge them into becoming intentional engagers or massive action takers. And there's nothing wrong with doing this. But I recommend that instead, you invest most of your energy into interacting with groups two and three. That is the intentional engagers and the massive action takers. Invite them to join you for a Zoom chat. Direct message them from your social media channels. Get to know them. Invest in them. These are the people who form the backbone of your email list. They're the people who are most likely to buy your books or your other products, services, and programs, or to buy into your life-transforming message if you're not selling anything that has a price tag attached to it. There's a fourth group of subscribers who aren't even on the passive action level. They're what I call the lump on a log subscribers. They're just there. 
They're on your list, taking up space. And I'm going to tell you about three subsets of the Lump on a Log subscribers. First of all, first subset is the freebie seekers. The freebie seekers are the people who subscribe only to get your free gift, what I commonly refer to as a lead magnet. The freebie seekers typically subscribe, grab your freebie, and then immediately unsubscribe. Now, some of them, some of them get the freebie and they either neglect or they forget to unsubscribe. But after they get the freebie, they never open another one of your emails. So those are the freebie seekers, group one of Lump on a Log subscribers. Group number two are what I call the flash in the pan subscribers. And we're going to pause here and take a word nerd moment because I want to ask you, do you know where the idiom flash in the pan came from? Well, the term has been around since the late 17th century, and originally it was used to describe a flintlock musket, which had a small pan that held gunpowder. When an attempt was made to fire the musket and the gunpowder flared up, but it didn't fire the ball or what we'd call the bullet, it was called a flash in the pan. Now these days, the idiom flash in the pan refers to having an impressive or showing beginning, but ultimately disappointing or failing to deliver. The flash in the pan subscribers are your biggest fans for a few weeks. They enthusiastically join in every conversation. They email you regularly. They assure you that they're going to buy everything you have to sell, but they quickly lose interest when the next shiny object comes their way and you never hear from them again. The third type of lump on a log subscriber is the I'm just not that into you subscriber. And these subscribers have a little more stick-to-itiveness than the flash in the pan subscribers, but after a while they lose interest. And there are lots of reasons why this might happen and it's often a result of something you did, not something the subscriber did. Perhaps you shifted your brand messaging or you started writing in a different genre or you started writing for a significantly different type of audience than you were doing when you first started your email list. Perhaps you transitioned from giving away everything to selling stuff, and your subscriber feels as if you've become overly salesy. Perhaps you took a lengthy break from emailing your subscribers, and in the interim, they just lost interest. Perhaps their own life circumstances or their business circumstances changed. Maybe they retired or they switched career paths or they decided to take a break from writing to raise their kids and your emails are no longer relevant to them. Whatever the reason, a shift happened and that subscriber is no longer into you. The Lump on a Log subscribers is the group we're focusing on during today's Learn with Laura action step. These are the subscribers who you can delete from your email list today without feeling an ounce of guilt. Because frankly, less than 1% of the Lump on a Log subscribers are likely to move into the window shopping, passive action, or intentional engager, or massive action phases. There are so many people out there who are a good fit for what you have to offer that you don't need to feel guilty about removing the lumps on a log from your list. Now, going through this process is freeing, as I've discovered. It is going to free you up to go deep with the people who do like the way you do business, who do like the way you present yourself, who do like the expertise that you have to offer. I've had an email list for many years, and thousands of my subscribers joined my list way back when. However, 
In October of 2019, I made a slight shift in my brand messaging, and I also made a significant shift in my audience targeting. I moved from targeting a general entrepreneur or small business owner to targeting the owner of a writing-related business. So I kind of niched down even more than I already had been. When I made this shift, many of my early subscribers were no longer in my ideal target client range. If you visualize this in terms of a dartboard, they were nowhere near the bullseye in the center of the dartboard. They had moved to the outer reaches of the board or off the board altogether. Something I do on a monthly basis is to closely examine my email list to see who's opening my emails and who's clicking the links in those emails. And then every three months, I clean or scrub my email list. And here's how I do it. I search for subscribers who subscribed to my list more than six months ago, but they haven't opened any of my emails during the last four months. And then I create a segment of only those subscribers. By going back six months or longer, I'm showing a little grace to those subscribers who recently joined my list, but who might not have gotten around to opening an email from me yet. But I figured that if somebody's been on my list for at least six months, maybe even up to 10 years, and I send these people an email every single week, and they haven't opened any of my messages in four to six months, that shows me that they just aren't that into me. What you can do at this point as an interim step before deleting these people entirely is to create a re-engagement campaign. And a re-engagement campaign is a series of anywhere from one to three messages where you attempt to win back those stagnant subscribers. You have to use a really catchy subject line that entices them to open your message, and it would probably be a good idea to offer them a nice juicy freebie as well. In my experience with re-engagement campaigns and also based on what I see a lot of other marketers advising, re-engagement campaigns see very little return. In other words, if you email your subscribers weekly and they never open any of your messages, chances are pretty good that they're not likely to open your re-engagement messages either. So what I've decided to do for myself is I skip the re-engagement campaign completely and I just say goodbye to these people. It's kind of like Marie Kondo's method of decluttering. I say, thank you for subscribing. Bye-bye. The first time I cleaned my email list after making my brand shift, I deleted over half my subscribers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> scary. And now I routinely clean my email list every three months and I delete several hundred subscribers at a time. It is a little painful and scary to say goodbye to these people, but the numbers don't lie. If someone's been on my list since 2017 and they haven't opened a single message from me, that's a clear message that they aren't interested. These subscribers may have created a folder inside their email system where they save my messages and they have good intentions to read them someday but that someday is not likely to happen. In reality, those saved episodes, videos, blog posts are gonna languish in that folder for months or even years until they finally go through and clean up their email and delete it. By regularly cleaning my list, you could say that I'm saving those people the trouble of hanging on to content from me that they might consume, but probably they never will. While I am really grateful that these people decided to sign up for my email list in the first place, I know, based on decades of experience, that 99% of the Lump on a Log subscribers will never become clients, customers, 
or book buyers. So friends, deleting one person from your email list or a hundred or a thousand or 10,000 is going to enable you to more clearly identify and serve the people who are the most likely to decide to do business with you. I know that what I'm advising here might freak you out and you might feel the need for a support group to walk you through the list cleaning process because it is kind of scary. I invite you to join the Professional Writer Podcast community on Facebook. Our band of listeners is here to encourage one another and to hold each other accountable as we tackle these challenges. So join us, won't you? There's a link to join the Professional Writer Podcast community in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. And also while you're there, you can find a link to subscribe to the Professional Writer Podcast and I'll email you a notification to every episode. You can also listen to the podcast via your favorite podcast podcasting apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. It's on all the major podcasting apps. Just open the app and key in The Professional Writer and the show will pop up and you can save it to your favorite so you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you again next week.